This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Getting fancier around here by the moment. Welcome to Writer Than You on this Tuesday morning on CBS Sports Radio the free Odyssey app, Sirius XM, Channel 158, are on your good old radio wherever you are. On this Tuesday morning, it is Andrew Bogish in for Bill Ryder, who is back in his chair tomorrow. I'm here. Peter Schwartz is here. Most importantly, Tom DeCelestino here as well with you. Over these next two hours, we will be joined by Dan Wetzel from Yahoo Sports for all the latest from college football. We'll talk NFL with Ryan Wilson of CBSSports.com. It is a Tuesday which means NFL power rankings are in your future, and it's a weekday on CBS Sports Radio, on Writer Than You, which means roughly 11.20 a.m. Eastern, you get Buy or Sell, America's favorite game show, starring the aforementioned Tom DeCelestino, who is in a surprisingly good mood despite me being here and Bill not being here. This is the first time I've seen D-Cell face-to-face in basically two weeks. And if you remember from yesterday's show, he did admit that we had stumbled into the territory where he actually missed me. I don't know if those feelings continue today, especially with me back in the building for the first time since before Thanksgiving. But D-Cell did not call out today with Bill out. He played the Open with my name in it. So we're so far so good if you're scoring at home, at least in my book, with me versus D-Cell. But I do have homework for Tom right out of the shoot, And as we know, doesn't necessarily love doing extra work. But I'm going to ask him a very quick question because his favorite sport's on the TV to my right, soccer. It is the final day, I believe, of the round of 16 of the World Cup. It is Spain and it's Morocco. Now, Morocco, for my entire life, has been spelled M-O- Rocco, but it's it's abbreviated on the TV screen as M A R, and I'm wondering. I'm I'm guessing the Moroccan spelling of Morocco is not the English spelling that we use. Just like Spain, who they're playing is ESP for España, not for Spain. But if you could just soothe my mind, Diesel, and find out why Morocco is M A R, not M O R, we'll be even deeper friends than we are this morning. Uh, good morning, Bogish. Happy Tuesday to you. We, we were off to a great start. I did miss you. I did play the correct open with your name in it. Yeah. We were nice to each other this morning, but then you left me out of the show tweet. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, we're, uh, we're on rocky ground now. The show tweet's a very controversial thing around here. If I don't retweet it, and if D-Cell doesn't retweet it after Bill posted on a regular day, words are exchanged. And today... I mentioned Bill. I mentioned our two guests, Stan Wetzel and Ryan Wilson. I didn't mention D-Cell. That's on me. 
was just an oversight. It was not a shot. It was not a direct jab. It had nothing to do with me versus D-Cell. It was just, I just messed up. But in my follow-up tweet, and I stand by this, you know D-Cell's here, and you know you're getting by or sell because everyone knows it. I don't need to remind you that Christmas is December 25th. Everyone knows Valentine's Day is February 14th. Everyone knows on a weekday in the neighborhood of 1120 a.m. Eastern because being on time is not our thing on this show. But at that, you know, that general time, you're going to get buy or sell with D-Cell. And you're going to get that today uh, over these next two hours. All of this nonsense, as usual, coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. We do all of this a few hours after the Tampa Bay Buccaneers didn't lose to the New Orleans Saints, winning, I'm not sure if that is the right verb in this scenario. The Saints thought about winning, decided not to. The Bucs thought about losing, deciding not to. They get a 17-16 win in the godforsaken NFC South. And, I mean, I, I wish we could send them somewhere else. The USFL, the XFL, whichever one of those spring leagues exists. I don't know if the ACC needs to expand but enough's enough out of the NFC South. But after that win last night, the Buccaneers have a game-and-a-half lead plus the tiebreaker on the Falcons as they get it to a robust 6-6. Six and six. So it appears that Tom Brady, not, to, not time to relax just yet, but they are in the quote-unquote driver's seat now in the South with a month left in the regular season, the game-and-a-half lead plus the tiebreaker on the Falcons. They should be okay to get themselves that division get themselves a home game in round one. More on this game and this terrible division later in this hour as we get into buy, not buy or sell. See, I'm too excited. As we get into NFL power rankings. We begin, though, with the curious case of Baker Mayfield. 24 hours ago, during this show, news broke, then was confirmed by the Panthers that Baker was being released. And as a veteran, he's got to go through waivers before he ends up on the actual open market. We have come to find out that Baker asked Carolina to release him. Now, they may have done that anyway because they're committed now to Sam Darnold and P.J. Walker going forward. They no longer have a need like most of their teams for Baker Mayfield. So they were probably going to get rid of him. Baker sped up the process. For what reason, we don't necessarily know whether he thinks the Niners or the Ravens are going to come call him because of Jimmy G and Lamar Jackson's injuries or just some other team was like, hey, You could be our starter right now if you could find your way out of Carolina, and he found his way out of Carolina. And here we are today with the latest reports telling us that he is very likely to be claimed today. Now, the claiming process, if you don't know, on waivers, it goes in reverse order of standing, so the worst team goes first, and then you go down the list. And I think it's it's all blind. It's not like a draft where you're sitting there. I, I don't think you know what anybody else is doing around you. Everyone goes through the list, and then we figure out if somebody claimed him, the the worst team, the highest waiver priority team, gets him. And apparently at least one team is going to put in a waiver claim on Baker Mayfield. So at least one team shares the sentiment that I, I guess I had on yesterday's show that Baker is worth putting on your roster. Now, Bill and Diesel had specific comparisons And the obvious one is Brock Purdy in San Francisco. Now that Jimmy G is hurt, long after Trey Lance is hurt, the Niners have an elite defense, may have been the second-best team in the NFC after the Eagles before Jimmy G's injury. Now they're a question mark because 
all do, you know, whatever you think about Jimmy G, they're taking a step down or a step or two down from that position to have Brock Purdy now under center for them. So we've got that angle. We've also got the teams that are living in a world where they don't have their quarterback of the future. There's also a couple of other teams who may want to block a playoff competitor from getting Baker Mayfield. So there's a lot in play right now, but it appears that Baker's got at least a fan around the NFL. And I'm not going to die on this hill. I've barely got a toe left on it because Baker's not doing much to, to, to support me and my pseudo-confidence in him. But we've seen him be a good NFL quarterback. It's happened. It's hard for me to believe that that's gone for forever. But it certainly seems like Baker isn't necessarily willing to do all of the things required to return to being a good NFL quarterback. He's not alone here. This is not all on him. There are real critiques of the Panthers and what they choose to do around him. DSL's getting worried. Uh, I've long been worried. Yeah, so the weird silences here. As you know, I'm coming back from being sick. And just on Friday, Diesel had to, or Thursday it was, right, had to wander his way through, fingers crossed, through a shaky Bill Ryder voice, which led to no th- uh, no Friday appearance. So here I am today doing the most talking without a break that I've done in, I don't know, nine days, ten days. And we got a little throat tickle going on. But we're going to be okay I got my water, I got my cough drop, and I've got Baker Mayfield. So where were we? Baker Mayfield. There's still a useful quarterback in there. In a vacuum, I think he's better than Brock Purdy. I think the Niners would be silly to not go down this road. I know Kyle Shanahan yesterday said, you know, we're going to talk about this, but I, I, I'd i be surprised. Was that the, the right word that he used, or the correct word, to quote him correctly, to figure this out, to bring Baker in? But even as a backup, for Brock Purdy, as an as a safety net, more so than Josh Johnson, the Niners really need to think about this. Whether they actually do remains to be seen. We'll know sometime soon. But somebody out there, D-Cell, is on my side, at least to some extent with Baker Mayfield. The way I see it, there again, there are three categories of teams that could be putting this waiver wire in on Baker Mayfield. And the first is the Niners and the Ravens. We know Jimmy G. Now, there was some back and forth yesterday about exactly what his injury is, but he's not playing again this season, no matter what's going on in that foot. They like Brock Purdy. I was watching video cut-ups yesterday of a Brock Purdy throw earlier in the game against the Dolphins, third and whatever, and he adjusted George Kittle's route, stood in there, knew a blitz was coming, took a hit, made a throw, completion. Kyle Shanahan called the play of the game it kept the Niners on the field, got points, kept going away from the Dolphins. So the this, the the Brock Purdy spin is in full effect, much like the D-Cell Bailey Zappi spin of October's past. That's going to keep coming. But Brock Purdy was a seventh-round pick for a reason. A lot of teams, the entire NFL, for six rounds, 180 picks, were like, ah, we're good without Brock Purdy. And he wasn't just a seventh-round pick. He was the last pick of the entire draft. And there's really just no history of somebody picked in that spot of having immediate or at all NFL success. Tom Brady doesn't count at all. Now, he wasn't the seventh-round pick, but 
he's just the ultimate outlier at 199. He just doesn't matter. Matt Castle, Ryan Fitzpatrick, those were seventh-round picks, okay? And at times, they have been good NFL quarterbacks, but neither one of them was good in their rookie season. Neither one of them was asked to navigate an offense alongside an elite defense, keep it in playoff position, and maybe win playoff games, and maybe an entire conference. The Niners' defense is good enough to win the NFC. Their offense might not have been good enough to win it with Jimmy Garoppolo. It definitely isn't with Brock Purdy. And it might not be either with Baker Mayfield, but Baker Mayfield, in my mind, still gives them a better chance over multiple games and weeks than Brock Purdy to win the NFC. Or at the very least, for $1.3 million, I believe, it's worth bringing Baker Mayfield in in case your Brock Purdy love goes unrequited over the next couple of weeks and you need to do something different at quarterback and you don't want that to be Josh Johnson, I could bring Baker Mayfield in to be my number two guy right now. Not necessarily to kind of tutor and teach Brock Purdy, but to be plan D at this point because they're on their third quarterback to begin with. And then the Ravens, not knowing exactly what Lamar Jackson's knee situation is just yet, maybe they need to take a flyer on Baker because Tyler Huntley is not their thing long-term, although I think that's less likely than others at this point. So that's the one group. The second subset are the bad teams that need quarterbacks now and in the future. The Texans, the Colts, anybody at the bottom of the standings, you can take your pick, you know who they are. But to me, none of those teams should bother with Baker Mayfield because none of them should want to win football games. Stick with what got you here, which is at the bottom of the league standings, with the best draft pick possible. Don't mess this up by bringing Baker in and winning a game or two that you shouldn't, and all of a sudden you're picking seven and not three, and now the QB you want is no longer within your grasp. In this group, though, the Los Angeles Rams, who keep coming up because they definitely don't see themselves as a bottom feeder. And as we know, their next first-round pick comes back before D-Cell likes me, which is basically next to never. So they have less things to mess up, and they just might not want to keep losing games. They already are the worst Super Bowl champs, defending Super Bowl champs that we, anybody can remember. They're 3-9 and nine at six straight losses. Maybe they just want to win games. And it's clearly Matthew Stafford's done for the season, so maybe Baker Mayfield's better than... Wofford and Perkins is that it? I've tried not to learn his name because it doesn't really matter at this point. And then finally, there's the intrigue of a team like Seattle that could go, you know what? I'm going to claim Baker Mayfield, not because I need to replace Geno Smith, but it's I don't want the Niners, who are just a game ahead of me, to get Baker Mayfield and somehow stay in front of me because Baker Mayfield throws just enough yards and just enough touchdowns to keep them in front. By the time Bill gets back here tomorrow, we should know where Baker's going. And I know what Kyle Shanahan said yesterday. And D-Cell believes in hook, line, and sinker. I think the Niners are going to put a claim in on Baker Mayfield. Now, they may lose that because somebody ahead of them makes a good decision, a wrong decision, takes the gamble, and beats them to it. But to me, they're... That's too much Brock Purdy love. There's too much at stake for the Niners right now. They're that good on defense. I mean, you, if you didn't watch the game on Sunday, how much love have we been giving Tua and Tyreek Hill and that Dolphin offense? 
and they ground them into into a pulp. 75-yard touch on the start. Niners went, oh, okay. That was fun. Hope you enjoyed it. And then after that, it was basically nothing. It was five turnovers. Winning streak is over. They get late points to make the final score look a little more impressive. But they took everything away. It was Tua's worst game in recent memory. The Niners are legit NFC winning defense. And now they don't have their best chance of quarterback. And they're going to live and die by Brock Purdy. More power to him. But I don't see that going well. So Kyle Shannon can tell us what he wants. But Baker Mayfield's actually the play today. And just want to remind D-Cell that I was not alone in my Baker support yesterday. And at least one other NFL GM and head coach combination sees the possibility of help from Baker Mayfield. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. So much more NFL this morning. Power rankings as always on a Tuesday. Ryan Wilson, CBS Sports, to kick off hour number two. When we come back, though, it is college football, one of the best in the business. Dan Wetzel, Yahoo Sports. He's next, writer than you, on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Yeah, that didn't sit well at D-Cell whatsoever. Uh, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Andrew Bogish in for Bill Ryder on this Tuesday morning here on CBS Sports Radio. Thanks as always for being with us. As promised, we are on the guest line right now, the one and only Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports. Good enough to join us this morning. Dan, it's Andrew. How are you? Well, Andrew, how are you? I'm doing well, and thanks again for making time for us. We appreciate it. Um, Let's go back to Sunday afternoon. Uh, Extra time to digest. No issues at all with the Final Four picked by the CFP? No. um, This was going to be it. I mean, it was a lot of manufactured drama talking up Alabama, but um, it just wasn't going to be. Uh, there was just no way a committee was going to um, take a 12-1 and team like TCU and replace them with a 10-2 and Alabama, uh, particularly when TCU just had, you know, on the things that the committee cares about, uh, quality wins, strength of record, all those things, um, playing a 13th game, all that, they just had the advantage. I mean, they have a, they have a win over Kansas State. Kansas State, I think, is eighth or ninth. Um, 
They have a win over Texas that is uh, more controlling of the game than, than Alabama's win over Texas, which I think is their highest-rated win. So all the metrics that they care about was going to be it. And uh, really the only bit would be, hey, Alabama's Alabama, and let's just go with who we think will win. I mean, it's f- pretty funny. Nick Saban, who, who eschews and hates and will scream at anybody who says, hey, your team is favored, even over, like, <laughs> Middle Tennessee – is all of a sudden all over, hey, Vegas thinks we'd win. You know, like <laughs> the rat poison all of a sudden became the uh, the pitch. But, look, if we're just going to take the four teams we think will win, why do we even have a season? Like, right. uh, you know, it would be good. Hey, Michigan versus Alabama, Ohio State versus Georgia, a lot of fun. But we have a season. This is what you have. TCU uh, has got its spot. So, no, I didn't see anything uh, anything coming out of it. Now here on the show we've we were split amongst the three of us about the about expansion. Here we are at twelve, and I see the you know what the bracket would have looked like this year if we had next year's system. I mean, I I love it. I'm not really sure anymore what the criticism would be or the reason not to be on board with you know first round on campus matchups, some intriguing head to heads, the possibility you know, who's waiting that top four. I'm I'm even all, all more in now seeing what it would look like in the future. It's going to be a lot of really exciting games, and that's uh, that's the biggest thing. Also, last weekend would have been uh, is going to become an absolute frenzy. Not right. just who gets in, but bids that get stolen, uh, the seeding, who gets where. I mean, if you look at how that is now, right, with the top four conference camps getting a bye, Clemson goes all the way from out of nowhere to getting a bye, and I think Utah gets a bye, right? Uh, like, no, it would be uh, Georgia, Michigan, K-State, Clemson. Okay, K-State. Well, I think it depended on how it finished up, but whatever sure. it was. So K-State, had they lost the game to TCU in overtime, would not have been in the field because they would have dropped out. Instead, they play their way all the way into a bye. Or that's Utah that does that. So there's so much movement. And then there's just going to be this argument, who who eight versus nine, right? Mm-hmm. Who gets the host? Yeah. So you have all of these different things. Last weekend, in two years, championship weekend will be absolutely crazy. The two-lane UCF game matters, right? Some years you'll have the two-lane UCF game matter and the Boise State-Fresno game matter, right? Who, who's going to get that sixth bid and be the 12th seed? There's just, it's going to be absolutely wild, and then you're going to set up for three to four, four weeks of really wildness. And... um you know, look, I, I I love college football, and I've always loved college football, and I loved it for all its problems and its its, its issues. You you lose a little bit in the regular season, but you're going to add so many amazing games. And when we're playing these on-campus playoff games, absolutely amazing. Like, there is a setup on this where you have, like, Penn State visiting Alabama in yeah. a playoff game. Yep. I'm sorry. That's just awesome, right? That is just straight awesome. Let's go. And so it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be different but it's going to be a lot of fun. The biggest thing is you have to take away the idea of does this team have a real shot at winning a title? Cause that's always been the mentality of college football. No, that isn't the point. Neither does uh, the, the seventh seed in the AFC have a chance of winning the Super Bowl. Really? I mean, like, it can happen, right? And yeah. a little different or the first round of the NBA. It doesn't matter. It's an entertainment product. Yeah, would it be fun to watch? That's it. And and March Madness. I mean, there's usually only maybe ten teams that legitimately you'd think you'd pick beforehand could win it. There's always upsets, always Cinderellas. But 
the list of teams that could win it is short. Right, and, 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 and what makes people excited about college basketball, this is why they may ruin college basketball by expanding this thing too much, but it's St. Peter's, right? Yep. Some people sit there and say, I don't even care about, what, what is this, this little, what's the school, and they're beating Kentucky. It doesn't matter that St. Peter's only made it halfway. They won three games. You have to win six. It was an incredible story, and it was exciting, and people got into it and all of that. So it's it, there's just a lot that uh, will go into these things that will create a lot of excitement and interest. Uh, if you look at that setup, you could have had, I don't know how it ended up, but you could have two-lane two playing um, TCU, which means either TCU or Tulane is into the second round. Like the, a, a victory in a playoff game by one of those two teams would be so amazing. Could Tulane beat TCU? Yeah, they probably could. And so you sit there and go, well, you know, this, this team in the 12 seed, they'll never have a chance. Might win a game, and that would be such an amazing thing. Um, instead, you have a team like Tulane has this great season. It's like, okay, go play. I think they're going to play USC, you know. People aren't going to pay attention quite as much. So it's going to be rocket fuel for the sport. Uh, I think college football is the second biggest sport in the country already, but it's certainly going to uh, take over that uh, without any question. Americans love playoff football. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty simple concept. Yep. Give them playoff football. Uh, this is Dan Wetzel, Yahoo Sports, with us, Sarah and Ryder, than you on CBS Sports Radio. At the beginning of that answer, you mentioned Clemson. Now, is it revisionist history or is it a valid argument to go back to the South Carolina game and criticize Dabo Sweeney for leaving DJ Uyunglele in losing that game because if they win that with Cade Klubnik maybe they're the fourth team right now in the semifinals I think it's absolutely fair criticism almost the whole season we saw DJ Uyunglele last year and he was okay uh he did not have a good great season though this was not a great quarterback and you bring in Cade Klubnik your five-star you know, all-world freshman quarterback, and how do you get him into the rotation? A few years back, and and and, and one of the things with uh, Dabo is his loyalty to his players and all these things, right? And he, he's an excellent coach, but sometimes you're too loyal. Back when Trevor Lawrence was the freshman, he made that move. He put Lawrence in right away. Kelly Bryant got kind of pushed out and had transferred. It was a very tough decision. Very emotional decision at Clemson, but it was the right decision. And sometimes you just have to do it. You look at Michigan, um, uh, you know, uh, Cade McNamara leads them to a, a victory over Ohio State, leads them to the first Big Ten, all that stuff for years. And and this year, Jim Jim Harbaugh goes, yeah, J.J. McCarthy's better. i got to go with J.J. JJ McCarthy. And boom, they do even better, right? They're unbeaten. They're They're probably even better. You have to make that decision. I don't. If you had Klubnik early on in the year, maybe the Notre Dame game's closer. Maybe you beat Notre Dame, but certainly you beat. Uh, you win a one-point game against South Carolina, where DJ just really struggled. So, uh, I think that's a big what if, and I'm sure uh, uh, Coach Sweeney is. Uh, it struggles with it a little bit at night, whether he admits it or not. And Dan, what what happened to DJ overall? Because I, I think I remember. Dabo saying he was better than Trevor as a freshman, and now he's gone and basically has only gone downhill since being the starter. Where did this all go wrong? I don't know. I mean, that's that's something you're going to have to go through everything. I mean, he had this terrific game against Notre Dame and a loss. If you remember back during the COVID season, um, 
uh, Trevor got COVID and he couldn't couldn't play in the game at Notre Dame. Notre Dame won the game, but DJ played a terrific game. Um, people were really excited about how good he was going to be. He was expected to be the next guy in line at Clemson. And you're talking Trevor Lawrence, talking to Sean Watson, right, and guys before that. I mean, he got the Dr. Pepper spot. He he had a lot going on. It just never materialized on the field. And so maybe a change of scenery does it. I know he's in the portal like half the rest of the country. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where he lands. Uh, last one, Dan. What's the timeline for success at Colorado for Deion Sanders? Well, it's it's going to there's going to it's going to be quick uh, in terms of improvement. They were one in eleven last year, and he's going to. I mean, I don't know. He might bring forty guys in on the transfer portal. I mean, <laughs> I don't he, he bring an entire new team in. Um, they had I was told over two hundred people have already reached out trying to transfer in. Um, and I'm sure that number is growing. Uh, the phenomenon of Deion Sanders, the the excitement, the credibility he has with players, both returning or guys in and in, in recruits, is is amazing. Um, you know, it's too much to ask of a lot for next year. I don't care how many guys he brings in, but two to three years, yeah, you're going to see something different. Whether this works as well, whether this works or not, we will see. But there will be a significant upgrade in talent at Colorado. And uh, there's a lot of excitement at Colorado. Uh, he is an absolute phenomenon. He was a home run hire for, for them or anyone else like that because overnight he can change your spot in the pecking order dramatically. Now, maybe this doesn't work and maybe it all goes bad. Well, all the other ones went bad. Yeah. But this isn't like, hey, we're going slow build. This is lottery ticket. Bang, we're going to be beating Alabama and Georgia for recruits. Colorado is going to be – they already got a kid from 2025 that everybody wants. Uh, verbally committed they're going to beat you for recruits which there's no earthly way any other coach that was reasonably hired could have even done that even if rock Kirby smart in there i don't think he's just going to automatically do what Deion sanders is so in terms of player talent it will be remarkable in terms of on field like can you really just win the pac-12 next year no i don't think anything like that's reasonable and or should be expected but it's coming it's coming dan as always great stuff we appreciate the time thanks again hope we can talk to you again soon Thank you. Take care. Dan Wetzel, Yahoo Sports with us on this Tuesday morning. Ryan Wilson, CBS Sports, our other guest. NFL talk with him to kick off hour number two in just a second. It's NFL power rankings. It is the terrible, terrible NFC South. But right now, it's a sports update from Peter Schwartz. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. We may or may not be too mean to desale. Uh, the Defensive Player of the Week is sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union, who proudly serves the Armed Forces, DOD, veterans, and their families. Their members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. 49ers defensive end Nick Bosa added again on Sunday in San Francisco's win over Miami. He sacked two or three times, now leads the NFL 14 and a half sacks on the season. The Defensive Player of the Week is sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union. It is Andrew Bogish. It's D-Cell. It's Ryder Than You on this Tuesday morning. Your fearless leader, our fearless leader, Bill Ryder, is back in this seat tomorrow. He is not. I cannot confirm his locations other than to say he is not just home watching Spain and Morocco play their World Cup round of 16 match, nor is he preparing for this afternoon's round of 16 match, which is D-Cell going to be played. <laughs> can you confirm that? Uh, yes, I can. You can. I don't know the two teams that will be uh, participating in said match, but it will be played. I I knew the names up until about 90 seconds ago, and they have just disappeared. That's what you get for trying to make fun of me for not knowing. I, I, I think you're right, although... I lost them first, then I made fun of you to try to cover up for me not knowing where they are, who they are. Uh, would that be Switzerland and Portugal? And Portugal, yes, it would be them. And as you just heard, they will play at 2 Eastern, which is 10 p.m. local time in Qatar. And I believe that is the end of the round of 16. Then we're in the quarterfinals. And then I think D-Cell's taking off to so make sure you can watch these matches uninterrupted. He can skip group stage matches, but once we get in that final eight, they need his full attention. Next hour on this fine program, Ryan Wilson, CBS Sports. The latest on Trey Young versus the Atlanta media. A little NBA for you without Bill. And then, of course, buy or sell with D-Cell at roughly 11.20 a.m. Eastern. But right now, a little Monday Night Football. A come-from-behind Buccaneers win over the Saints. 17-16. 17-16. It was 16-3 New Orleans with roughly five minutes left last night in Tampa. Can I tell you, Diesel, can I ask you, put you on the spot one more time. Last night was the second time in Tom Brady's Hall of Fame career that he won a game after trailing by 13 or more points in the fourth quarter. You're already celebrating so I assume you know the answer. I believe I stumbled upon this answer while I was preparing for this morning's show. Uh, that would be the Super Bowl in which they came back 28-3 to against the Atlanta Falcons. I, I was My question actually was what was Tom Brady's middle name, but if you want to jump to the other time he rallied <laughs> from a 13-point fourth quarter hole, it is the only other time. Now, I believe last night he overtook Peyton Manning for the most fourth-quarter game-winning drives. So apparently he's good at coming back, but he can't be that far behind. 44 of them, to be exact. How about that? 
You know your Tom Brady nuggets, except his middle name. You don't know his middle name. Thomas. Mm, I've heard it before. I don't know it. I was going to go Ryan, but that's your middle name. It is my middle name. I, I believe, I think it's his dad's name. And I think it's a J. Oh, I was wrong. It's Tom Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. So it really is his dad's name because his dad's a senior. It's all of his dad's it's, names. He's just his dad. Dad's a bad quarterback, though. So Brady rallies them. They do nothing. They have three points for, let me do that quick math, uh, 50 minutes of game. No, 55 minutes of game time. And then they shift into a no huddle, and they kind of remember how to play offense. Now, there were some flags that pushed them back. There was a big P.I. They got them to the goal line on that, the, the initial fourth-quarter touchdown drive. But two no huddle drives, the first one covers 91 yards, their longest touchdown drive of the season. They get a three and out. They come back on the field, and then he goes eight of ten and basically throws two game-winning touchdowns. The first one taken off the board for a hold. The second one works. It counts, and they win 17-16. And again, they're 6-6 six and six overall. They have a game-and-a-half lead on the Falcons plus the tiebreaker, so they're really in control of the South with five weeks left here in the regular season. This race can't end enough. They only, I don't know, I, I want to say the only saving grace is the Bucks are bad, so it's not going to matter. But now my, but maybe I should be fearful that because the NFC, other than the Eagles, is either crappy or filled with question marks. Like, if you want to believe in the Vikings, great. If you want to know, if you, if you know what the Niners are without Jimmy G, great more power to you. But... The NFC is kind of wide open. So should I be worried about Brady getting in through the back door of this craptastic NFC South and them and then them making a run because they have less resistance than they should? Or should I just be happy that, yeah, they might get in through this craptastic division, but they're going to be out in a hurry because they just suck? Because they sucked again last night. They you, sucked. You should be absolutely terrified. Terrified that Tom Brady can just play with his food through the regular season. I know they're not a good football team. By the team. way, I love that. And that's like your official statement, comparison, metaphor. I'm all in on that. Thank you. But I'm not going to steal it. It's yours. You can have it. But I, every time you say it, my heart smiles. The entire NFC should be terrified that Tom Brady is basically going to be 500 and is still going to get into the dance. And they absolutely can beat or lose to anybody on any given playoff round, right. series, I don't care what stadium it's in, they should be terrified. Yeah. See, and that's the thing. They are a 50-50 proposition. They could get smoked at home by somebody in that first round, or all of a sudden they could be in Philadelphia in the NFC title game. And then who knows what happens. But as for last night, they should have lost. They could have lost. The Saints should have won, could have won. For large, large stretches last night, Andy Dalton was the better quarterback in the game. I love frustrated Brady. We had him screaming on the field, screaming on the sideline, threw that bad pick before halftime. I, I, I just don't get it. I thought they would have figured it out by now, and they haven't. And it's a lot of things, but it's hard to not think. And I know people have been making, you know, you make jokes, and it's on Twitter, and it's sometimes even on TV. 
wasn't really, I don't think there was one last night, but you can't not mention all of the off-field stuff that's in his life for the first time, as as far as we know, if that is in any way a factor in all of this. Because he was basically untouched by time up until now. He wasn't just hanging on. He was still far better than he should have been and better than most quarterbacks through last season, basically. Numbers here or there, fine. He can't be peak Tom Brady. But it wasn't like they were winning in spite of him. Last night, they stayed in the game in spite of him, and then he led them down the field twice. But again, the Saints make one play or two, and none of that matters. Landry dropped. Would have been a good catch, a tough catch, but that's a catch you'd think he makes, and that's a touchdown instead of a field goal. They were throws that Andy Dalton straight missed, blocking assignments missed. That game should have been a Saints win, as ugly as could be, probably 16-10. But the Bucks win, and I will tell you this, they are absolutely nowhere near NFL power rankings. Some will rise. Others will fall. Let the ranking begin on Writer Than You's NFL Power Rankings. Number five. Now, you know that I don't listen to the show under normal circumstances, so I certainly wasn't listening while sick last Tuesday. I don't know where Bill has been putting this team, but my number five is the Minnesota Vikings. I just I don't know what to do with Kirk Cousins. I don't know what to do with a team that's won nine one-score games. You're not supposed to do that, and that's a number that usually starts to go back to the norm but maybe it goes back to the norm next season. But for right now, they just keep winning more power to them. But they may be different circumstances. They're higher, but I think this is where they need to be at number five. Number four. The Cincinnati Bengals. You got to get something. The record doesn't have them as number four in the NFL, but you got to get something for knowing how to beat the Chiefs in three times in a calendar year. That's good enough to me, plus Joe Burrow and a stingy defense to get the Bengals at number four. Number three. We're still in the AFC, and maybe you can flip-flop three and four here, but I've, I've still got the Buffalo Bills. I still think that there's talent there. Von Miller's injury is obviously an issue. Josh Allen not being peak Josh Allen, definitely an issue. But they've got home field advantage. They've got the AFC East. They still have Josh Allen, other pieces. They're vulnerable, but they're hanging there for me at number three. Number two. It's the Chiefs. They're the class of the AFC, even though they just lost to the Bengals. That's their kryptonite, but as long as they can avoid them, it appears they're going to be fine. So the Chiefs still sit to me at number two. Number one. Uh, Number one's obvious. I don't think there's an argument for the Eagles not to be number one, even more so than the Vikings. They just keep winning. Jalen Hurts remains amazing. Four total touchdowns a week ago. A.J. Brown beating up his former team. I like the Titans less than Bill does, but beating them in any place, 35-10, taking Derrick Henry out of the equation, making Ryan Tannehill be Ryan Tannehill in the bad sense, I guess. Um, The Eagles are the best team in the NFL. There's no two ways about it. And regardless of Brady, Niners, whatever, if they're not in the Super Bowl as the NFC representative, then shame on them. Honorable mention. The Cowboys, number five in the Vikings. This is where I didn't know where to go. This is what I spent the longest time on. Does Dallas get in the top five? 
Do I have to put them ahead of Minnesota on this list because they went to Minnesota and beat the you-know-what out of the cow- out of the Vikings? Instead, they get to be, I guess, number six. Honorable mention this week. Here's your participation trophy. Got to give something to the Niners because I, I think they're better than the Cowboys up until Jimmy Garoppolo hurt his foot. And they still have that defense. I mean, in fact, Nick Bosa is the Navy Federal Credit Union Defensive Player of the Week, and it's not a surprise. Maybe Brock Purdy's as good as D-Cell believes and Kyle Shanahan believes, and they barely miss a, miss a beat here. But for now, the best I can give you is the Niners playing defense and still winning football games. Better luck next time. Dolphins cooled off in San Francisco, punched in the face, didn't really have an answer, had the one quick early touchdown, and then it was just an absolute battle for Miami, a little tiny dose of reality before they dive back into the AFC. At least you tried. I mean, I, I guess they did. The Giants and the Commanders. Did they Can they split this award? At least you <laughs> tied. Uh, I, I, I love... Simple sentence. We need to not have ties anymore. I, I'm not sure what the solution is. Uh, I think I like college football's overtime setup. I don't love how quickly they go to a two-point conversion competition, basically, but there shouldn't be more ties. But I do enjoy teams, coaches, players, not knowing how to process ties in the NFL. We stick with pro football. Ryan Wilson to kick off hour number two when we come back to Right of the New on CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 